Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. Well, welcome back, everybody. The Illini suffer a big-time loss to Purdue and Champaign-Urbana, 31-24. This was a heartbreaking loss for the Illinois as they lose their grip on their Big Ten title hopes. They're still there, but they did control their own destiny and now losing to Purdue after losing last week to Michigan State and having different games go differently outside of Illinois' control. They are now not in control of their own destiny to get to the Big Ten title game. While there's still opportunity there, losing to Purdue is a major setback, uh, and especially of how they lost this game. And we're going to discuss the game. We're going to talk about other things, again, with just the Illinois football program um, and what I'm seeing and hearing and you know all that good stuff. So we're going to talk about the Illinois final line as a whole, a little bit about the Purdue game. Not much to, to say other than a couple things that I think people need to realize what happened with them and just discuss the Illinois Illini football program from the outside perspective looking in, a little, little bit of a coaching perspective. Um, make sure you're following at Coach underscore Steve72 on Twitter. Like and subscribe at on YouTube for the Coach Steve Show. And make sure you're uh, following rating it on Apple and iTunes. Um, helps go a long way. And also check out the Belly Up Media Network at bellyupsports.com to check out all the podcasts, blogs, and sports and non-sports related things there. Um, Illinois final line of football, they're on a two-game losing streak. It's the first two-game losing streak since last year. They have not had one this year. They're now sitting at 7-3 and three overall, which is a fantastic record for Illinois um, by historical means and what's been happening with the program for the last few years. Um it's, you know, Illinois hasn't talked about winning the Big Ten since 2001 in football. Um, they have not won this many games since Ron Zook's era, I believe. I don't think Coach Beckman got there. I don't think Lovey Smith only got to the six-game mark. So we're, we're going to discuss more into that. But Illinois lost to Purdue 31-24 uh, to after giving up a 14-7 to lead. 
Um, I would ha- I'm going to have to go back and re-watch the game, but the initial thing from this game is that the defense... Well, I'll say this. There were just some things that happened in this game. This was the same... We're just going to get away. The same referee crew that was around for the Indiana game that had different penalties in the game, especially against Illinois, that were questionable. And you saw some here. There was the one pass interference in a certain part of the game that gave the ball back to Purdue, and Purdue just got extra opportunities when there was penalties. Illinois had a ton of penalty um, penalties and penalty yards. It just, just came down to that some were very, very questionable. Um, they... You know, some of these – it was mainly pass interference. You know, uh, there was a questionable pass interference penalty near the end that allow Purdue to really get down the field and score and then late to have the field goal. Um, you know, just just those little things that Illinois was fighting through during the year, and now it's slowly – some of these things that they were able to fight through are slowly coming back to, to get them. 12 penalties for 121 yards. So you gave a lot of chances back to Purdue, who capitalized. Um, They had time of possession of 32 minutes over Illinois, so Purdue really marched down the field. They were one for two on fourth downs. Um, They ran the ball for 142 yards, which you do not see an Illinois defense give up. And then they also got 237 yards through the air, which – you don't really see. Illinois is still a high-ranked defense. I think they still might be number one. But they gave up 31 points after being up 14-7 to at half, and then they gave up 7 and then 10 points, and then the offense can only score 10 points while giving up 17. Um, just ultimately things that I think people don't realize all the time because Coach Bielma, I mean, while he has to report it, while he has to talk about it, there are some – injuries that have been happening to this defense that they've been able to fight through and then as more teams get film on them and the more they take advantage of some of the aggression that Illinois plays with they're able to take advantage um Seth Coleman was out their linebacker he was out with a concussion um which hurt he's an outside backer that could really rush O'Connell in the pocket they had they're down to about their fifth or sixth string cornerback. Um, Taz Nicholson started, but he didn't finish the game. Terrell Jennings' chest did not play. Tyler Strand, he was out with an injury. Uh, freshman McCantos and Xavier Scott had to come in and play. And when you have guys that are freshmen or first time players come in against a Purdue team that has experienced wide receivers and a ten year veteran cornerback, they're going to take advantage um, on defense. And so the Purdue offensive line was pretty played pretty well um, to not really let O'Connell get pressured. They really attacked those corners and safeties. There were some missed tackles in open field, and there was just things that you don't see an Illinois team really do. And they were able to um, that they were able to fight through. So normally, when they make these type of mistakes, the defense would come up and make a big play. But when you're down to freshmen or first year players. Um, all over your secondary, and then you're out one of your pass rushers, and then your the rest of your D line up front can't get pressure on O'Connell. Those are the things that were happening Saturday. Uh, they they gave up some yards. They were bending a little bit, but they didn't break. And then they slowly started seal started to crack a little bit, in my opinion. And then 
a lot of the, I'm not going to blame. You can't fully blame the game on the refs. We can't go that far. But to watch some of the pass interference calls that were made were very questionable because a defender, I wouldn't even if it was flip flopped. If if they call a pass interference on Purdue against Illinois, I would like it because I'm an Illinois fan. But I could sit here and totally understand and make a case with Purdue that as for with those fans, they would say the same thing. There was just they would look for the ball and they were like, well, it was a pass interference because Illinois corners and safeties are very aggressive. They play a lot of man to man coverage and they play man-to-man coverage because they're good at it. They feel like their athletes can go make a play and that their front seven is going to go up there and get pressure, move the guy out of the pocket and make some type of play. And it allows you to play a robber coverage with like a like with Sidney Brown or another free safety that can go make a play, go get the, the interception, come down and tackle, and those are things. But when you're very aggressive and you've got – Younger guys in there, sometimes they just go too far with it. They don't understand when to stop with the aggression. And they get those type of penalties because Purdue back the ball. And I talked about it before that we have to be able to slow down the receivers. But what I did not expect was to have one of the running backs get 106 yards on the ground. I I had full thought of the Illini defense that they could control the run game. What I was more about is controlling the receivers. Now, they still had their hands full because Sheffield had 72 yards, Durham had 70 yards, Jones chipped in with 66 yards. So the receivers still did what they needed to do. But when you have the receivers doing that to able to nickel and dime you down the field and have a running back with 106 yards receiving, that's for a tough day on a defense that is beaten up and a little bit bruised. And so the Purdue offense was able to do that when you have a – I keep I joke around 10-year quarterback, but a guy that's been there for a while – and this type of offense that's comfortable with it, this is what's going to happen. And Purdue is not a pushover. Their record was 5-4 and four coming in. They were poised, again, to talk about – they've been talked about to win the West. You know, that was one of the teams talked about. It was them and, for some reason, Nebraska. Um, and Iowa's always in there, Wisconsin, you know. So Purdue was getting into that conversation because of O'Connell, because of this pro-style passing attack. We missed tackles on their running backs. They would throw it to the running back – whether it was their very first option read or it was his, his progression was his second or third option, and we would we were missing tackles. They were making plays uh, on us with their offense. And so the defense, when you have some injuries and then when you get some of these penalties, you stop playing the aggression because you're afraid of getting the penalties. It does hurt you. On the flip side, I said that Illinois was going to have to pass the ball a lot and move the ball down the field in order to win this game. And they kind of did. They threw the ball 32 times. Tommy DeVito was 18 of 32, 201 yards and a touchdown. He did have the late interception, uh, which he it bothers him to have that. Um, Chase Brown was 23 carries, 98 yards. The first time he's been under 100 yards and God knows how long. Uh, he did have two rushing touchdowns, which was great. But then he also left the game injured. Um, as of right now, I've been trying to look it up. No update on his leg injury. This is one of the things that I was worried about on offense was – running Chase Brown as much as we were. Now, I'm going to look at it from a coach perspective, not a fan perspective. A coach perspective, if you don't have another guy that's ready to take the reins and run the football and he's your best athlete, you're going to run him. Not having McCray there with a boot, he came out in a boot again. So, like, coming in, he's supposed to be the downhill bruiser. Chase Brown is supposed to relieve him a little bit. Reggie Love, the third, um, got four carries, only three yards. So when these are your running backs and Chase Brown's the guy, you have to have him in there if other guys aren't going to step up. And they want to run the football first. but So from a coaching perspective, 
I under, understand why Chase Brown was getting all the yards. He's the Heisman Trophy winner. But as much as they ran him last year on top of running him this year, this is what's going to happen, especially if he wants to go to the NFL. He's going to get the ball a ton. But it was, in the back of my mind, worrisome of running him, running him, running him, running him, you know, 40 carries here, 30 carries here. And it seemed like he could handle it. But the more that would go on, the more I was worried about something like this happening. But as a coach, you can't go in there thinking he's going to get hurt. He's going to get hurt. You can't think about his carries. You can't think about the time that he's playing and get him a sub and take him out for a few plays. Um, but you don't go in there thinking he's going to get hurt. So looking at that point from a coaching perspective, as a fan, you go, well, he's going to get hurt. He's going to get hurt. And so I understand that from a coaching perspective. So I'm not mad about it, but it was from a fan perspective and this podcast perspective that maybe he could possibly get hurt. Um, but I was also understanding uh, why they're running the football so much because the receivers were having to, they needed to step up and make plays. And I, I keep thinking the receivers are getting better and better. Brian Hightower had 89 yards receiving. Um, Chase Brown, before he went down, he had 32 yards. Casey Washington, 25. Pat Bryant, 25. Isaiah Williams only had 16 yards. Um, so the defense for Purdue did a good job. I think they took my advice and were very physical with their receivers to make sure that Tommy DeVito couldn't get them the ball when he needed to. I thought the defensive line for Purdue played pretty well to control. They didn't really control the line of scrimmage. They were, I mean, to hold Chase Brown to 98 yards rushing, that's a tough task to do. And I think Purdue just kind of said, hey, we aren't going to let Chase Brown run all over us. We have we want to see if Tommy DeVito is going to be forced to pass the ball and if they're able to do it with the receivers. And they've been able to battle with this with Illinois because they can just give the ball to Chase Brown. He pops up a 30-yard run. Some type of big pass play can happen, but mainly Chase Brown. Some type of play could happen. Defense come up with a big play. On this losing streak they've been on, they the 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 sometimes football is a game of luck, sometimes you force it. Illinois had both. They forced some things to happen good for them. And then some things have just been luck. And they've just, I think part of their luck is slowly running out with some things they can't control. I think Purdue just said that you're going to have to pass the ball on us. And it's not bad numbers. Again, 1832 for 201 yards. But I think that's what Purdue wanted to do. And Illinois just couldn't capitalize on certain third downs. And, you know, they just couldn't keep up with that. They were 5 of 13, just like Purdue. Um, penalties hurt them, whether they were holding penalties. Um, the old line uh, had their hands full with how big the Purdue defensive line was and their linebackers scraping over to make the play. And so it was just things not going the way Illinois was used to going. They just, some things, luck happens, and sometimes they make a play, and they just didn't didn't make the play. And so people are wondering, like, what has happened to this Illinois football team that we saw get the big-time win over Wisconsin, and then you turn around and you get a win over Iowa, then you get a win over Minnesota, and then you are starting to see little glimpses of what was happening against Nebraska, but then you really saw it kind of get opened up versus Michigan State, and then you saw it again versus Purdue. Like, and these were the type of things that we saw in the Indiana game, but it was so early on that we didn't think some of these were going to be an issue. So the question is, what has kind of happened to this Illinois football team? It's a couple things I've talked about where I think the injuries to the defenses slowly 
catching up. The defense being on the field a lot, I really brought that up for when Iowa was playing that I'd have to go back and watch all of the films from other games. It just seemed like the defense was on the field a ton, especially the Iowa game. Minnesota, they're out there a little bit. And I said, if the defense is always out there and you're really banking on your defense to bail you out a lot of times, like last year, that doesn't bode well for a team that's in its second year with this head coach and this defense because you're still using Coach Lovey Smith-style players that he recruited for his cover two, you know, Tampa two defense. They're doing a great job coaching a lot of that out of these kids to say this technique you're going to use, this is how we read things, this is how we do this. But I said I, I, that does worry me now. So then again, they wrote it, and they were able to bail them out. The defense is able to bail out the team a lot. But now you're starting to see they're putting a lot of pressure on the defense where they have these injuries, and then things don't go their way, especially these younger players. Mentally, that affects you. And now, did they play horrible? Horrible? No. But it was giving Purdue the ball a little more. Offense didn't capitalize when they need to. So just having the defense out there a ton and putting them in those bad situations, I said eventually that could come back to bite them. I don't want it to. And this is coming from a fan perspective, a coach perspective. They're playing well. They got to step up. They need to do what they need to do. And that's it. You got to suck it up and do it. And I, I just felt like as an Illinois team that they were almost a year ahead of schedule with what was going on. You know, they're sitting there. They were sitting there at seven and one. Everything was pointing towards that they will beat Michigan State because how Michigan State was playing, that the way Purdue was playing, they will beat Purdue when they're going to the Big Ten title game. Michigan would be up in the air, probably could beat Northwestern. Then you're off to play either Michigan or Ohio State from the Big Ten East in the Big Ten title game. And so people are saying is that Illinois can't handle the expectation. My argument to that was, what expectation did we have coming in? I just said, you know, they got five game wins last year. I'm looking for six or seven. So for me, they're getting to that expectation. But usually when you take over a program, like Nick Saban, his was quicker. But when you take over a program like Illinois that's struggling, you're looking like a three or four year before you can start really thinking about, like, this is going to be churned into something where we're winning eight, nine, ten games a year competing for that. Where, like, you know, your first year you're trying to put it together um, – get the program there. And then the second year is, you know, learn how to win. And then the, the the second year, and then the third and fourth years, you're looking at expect to win, expect this. And so they're, they were winning. And so I think that it was almost like they were ahead of schedule. They're still learning how to win. We're expecting to take some of these guys, some probably were around for the red box bowl, maybe. And then, then they went through the COVID year that was really bad. And then last year, you know, having a brand new, regime from top to bottom they're still learning how to win and a lot of fans when we got to the seven win mark we were like this expectation is big 10 title is expectations this now i understand why you're saying oh they're not living up to expectation well now you're creating this new expectation as a fan base the coaches in there yeah they're saying they want to compete for a big 10 title as well but i just don't know if they're just prancing around and they're saying if we don't win a big 10 title this is a failure we all have to remember where this program came from. And so what's been going wrong with this? Maybe the players are creating their own pressures on them. And once a player does that, it's really hard sometimes to get them out of that because of social media, because of the news reports, because of podcasts, because of 
going to class and people saying these things to them and what they're seeing and what they're hearing. And so when they create that self-pressure, then it's really tough to do that. And also, how do you handle winning? And I just don't know if Illinois is there yet everywhere. I think we're there with the quarterback. I just don't think we're there consistently with the wide receivers. Yes, as many times I've said they're getting better, which they are, they're still not Purdue receivers. They're still not Ohio State receivers. They're getting better each and every week. They're just not quite there yet, which which is bad. Which I feel bad then for like a Tommy DeVito where this is the only year we're going to have him. And so we're there with the quarterback position. I think we're getting there with the O-line positions. The defense is there until a lot of these injuries were, were piling up. We're still not having our full recruiting classes of Coach Bielma and staff into this program. And so that's why I feel like we're ahead of schedule. I predicted we'd go to a bowl game this year. The Big Ten title, no offense to any Illinois coach. It would be on my radar, but I even said if we never did not get there, but we were improving, this would still be a successful year. To Coach Bielma and them, I'm not saying they're going to call this a failure, but they've got to figure out how to win. And they've got to learn how to win, too, at the same time. And that's tough. It's tough to learn how to win when you've come from this. I've been a part of that myself as a coach where the program's been losing. Then you win your first game or your second game. Like I was at a program that, you know, I'd gone 1-8, and 1-8, and 0-9. Then we won our first two games the next year. And now we were sitting there at 2-0. and Well, it was kind of the same thing of you have to learn how to win. And then we went on this losing streak And so it became, okay, well, we have to learn adversity, how to overcome that, how to win. And that's kind of where this Illinois team is. They had this success, and then they were getting some lucky things were happening to them in this game. Some things they just battled and overcame and and performed well. But now people are getting injured. They're getting banged up. Now we're putting this reliability on guys that were not a part of those things during the winning streak, and now they're here. So now they have to learn how to do that. And... So it's just things have just piled up on this Illinois team. The red zone offense has hurt them. I think sometimes Chase Brown, we're just waiting for Chase Brown sometimes to bail us out instead of Tommy DeVito bailing us out, these receivers bailing us out. Because, again, who is the guy on offense to throw the ball to? You would think Isaiah Williams, but he's not this 6'6 guy that you're just going to throw the ball up to to take advantage of. So those type of things are happening. It's an O-line that's still growing into the system that they want. And so not making excuses because they were on this win streak. They did do great things. But now things are catching up. You hope that that's what happens to some teams where they battle through these things. Some things go right for them. And then something like this happens. And so now they have you have to figure it out. But I think that's what's been happening with this Illinois team is that there are certain things they were able to get away with, whether it was – the defense is going to bail them out because the red zone offense isn't good. Um, we can kick a field goal, and again, our defense is going to bail us out. Um, something big happens on offense where Chase Brown, it's third and six, hand on the ball, and he gets 30 yards. Like you're waiting for something like that to happen. But now teams are really sitting there saying, well, like Purdue, you're going to have to throw the ball to beat us. Yeah, Chase Brown might get his yards, and he got the two touchdowns, but they're going to sit there and say, okay, we have to live with that. You have to pass the ball on us. And I don't know if Illinois is ready to take that approach, but it's just whether you're going to sit there and say they handle can't handle expectations, 
we have to quit putting this, these huge things on them. And I said, too, I said, I'm going to buy a ticket to go to the Big Ten title game because Illinois is going to be there. So I'm, maybe I'm part of the problem. But again, we have to take it one week at a time. I think Illinois was better when they flew under the radar for right now. But we are in a position where we're a year ahead of schedule. They have to learn how to win and learn how to maintain winning. And if they can figure it out and put on a better performance versus Michigan, beat Northwestern, have some type of destiny thing built up to where they get to the Big Ten title, then we're moved there and then compete and win their bowl game. Then we're back on track. And then next year, you now now you go through a season like this. Then next year is, is, is expect to win is the next thing that's going to pop up. And so I think those are the things that have gone a little bit wrong with Illinois. Those injuries have piled up. Um, people can blame play calling. Um, maybe defense has to tweak some things. You got some young guys in there, more zone stuff, who knows. But I know that in those types of situations, you don't really want to change what you do. And, you know, this is who you are from a coaching perspective. I get it. But I think those are just some of the things that has slowly kind of gone wrong for Illinois. Maybe some of the luck has run out. Um but I would not count them out yet because their defense is still top ranked. They're still up there. They may not. The, the Illinois team may not be ranked this this coming week. And and again, I I said the Michigan loss would be a good thing. Maybe this is the type of thing they need to go back, not rated, which stinks or ranked. And just this could be a trap game for Michigan. And then they need a couple things to happen. Purdue needs to lose, even though. We need Indiana to beat them. We need something to happen um, or Northwestern or anything else. But we just need some things to happen for Illinois and see if the luck still can't be there. But we need some of those things to happen. I think that's what's been going on with Illinois. But Illinois fans, we have to stick. We can't abandon them now. We can't be talking bad about them and the staff. We have to keep riding with them. Again, it's a process. It's it's been fun because there are seven wins. But we have to stick with them, just like we stuck with Brad Underwood and saw things that happened there with the basketball program. We have to stick with it. It will be okay. Um, Well, those are my thoughts on this Illinois team um, after their tough loss versus Purdue. Uh, Make sure you hit the like button, subscribe button on the YouTube channel. Follow me at Coach underscore Steve72 on Twitter. Uh, Follow Rated on Apple and iTunes. Check out all the affiliates in the description below. Leave a comment in the comment section down below. Thank you guys again for watching and or listening, and we will see you guys next time. Wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more.
Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.